Hey yo, welcome to Beyond the Mat, where it's all about the things and stuff, it's like this and like that, sitting in a lotus seat. We breathe deep from our heads to our feet till we feel inner heat, a little bit of rhythm for your soul, stretching out your minds from your head to your toes, we in our flow state, we don't know no hate, we end up feeling great though, so we correlate. Coil snake gonna rise sunshine. We take our time to appreciate divine grace It takes place in a pace in the inner states From a country road down to the interstate We contemplate this, we here to make this We here to break this, but we never fake this We never hate kids, we in the love vibe Me and my whole tribe, we gonna try to be fly with the sunshine Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Beyond the Mat, where all things are possible, and all non-things are also possible, and also impossible. This show is brought to you by me and my wacky artwork that I am selling, so hop on over to jcoleyoga.ca to buy your print. Do it right now. I'll wait here for you. Waiting, still waiting. <laughs> okay, today's show is brought to you by the number 17 and the color gray. As I look out at an overcast sky, wondering where the sun has gone, now that I am ready to go outside and play. My old friend Melissa Harvey dropped in today to deliver some perspective on how to, air quotes, keep it real. Having a life in balance and learning to mind one's own business. Business. Melissa is an entrepreneur business owner working with mental illness clients. She is a loving mother and we get into some topics about being yourself and the usual yoga diets, current events, aliens, and the existential dread. Ladies and gents, make some noise for Melissa Harvey. Welcome to the show. This is called Beyond the Mat. And we're talking with my good friend, old friend, Melissa Harvey. And Melissa hey. is here today <laughs> to talk about... I have no idea. We're just kind of shooting the shit. We're catching up. Cool. We haven't talked yep. in a long ass time. And uh, mm -hmm. so you just mentioned before the show your clients. And that's why I wanted yeah. to start the show right away before we talk any more about it. Yeah. What are your sure. clients? What's happening? So I, uh, I purchased a special care home a year and a half ago. And uh, my clients that I have, um, they all need like full-time care. So I live on site and uh, about 90% would be mental health. And then the other 10% would be special needs. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And you own, well, you own, you own the plate, the, the residence, I guess. I own and it. It's a, it's a special care home, like residence foyer. Like they're all kind of the same thing. Um, it's been open for for 35 years or it was when I bought it so it's almost 37 years now so they already had like an existing client base but I've kind of changed the direction of what the previous owners were doing so I'm going more towards special needs right and that's kind of where my heart's at so all of my clients that are here now they're they're definitely like family to me I adore them yeah and I really love what I'm doing oh that's yeah. amazing that's amazing that like 
That like warms yeah. that warms my heart hearing shit like that. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Jeez, uh, I apl- I had uh, when I was living in Shediac in New Brunswick, mm-hmm. there was an ad online to work in a special care home, and it was a level three okay. a level three home. Okay. And I was like, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I was like, the pay is good, and it was like, yeah, it was like twenty five bucks an hour. So I was like, yeah, okay. And I went in and I, I met the the girl who worked there now and she was the one who was leaving, but she was in charge of hiring the new person. And then I had to meet mm-hmm. all the residents and see if we jived or whatever. And everything worked out great. Like uh-huh. everyone was very like friendly and, and I don't know, I have that kind of personality, I guess. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, then at like, she was like, well, everyone likes you. She's like, I really like to get you in and do some training okay. and all that. And I was like, cool. And then she's like, you know, it's it's been really hard trying to find someone to come in here to work for such a low wage. And I was like, I was like, well, 25 bucks an hour is not that low. You know, it's New Brunswick. And this is back in like yeah. 20, 2014, 2013. And uh, mm-hmm. she goes, oh, no, it's only like, and it was minimum wage or whatever. It was like only like nine bucks an hour or something. And I was like, whoa, like, wow. hold on. Yeah. And it was basically like... I was like, blown away when you said $25 an hour, but yeah. the thing is, is that what sometimes when you get into level three, they can be really... Uh, well, I don't deal with level three. I'm just like level one and two. Level three, you're getting in a whole different like ball game, basically, of needs and what they need from you. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes it does pay more, but sometimes it really does. And previously in your brain, so you didn't need a course, but now they're they're getting people like you need an actual course or certificate. And then finally now the province has given my, like people like me who runs and operates one of these facilities, they've given us extra money to be able to pay the workers more money. Right. That's because awesome. they deserve it. Like I know for myself, I put in like 14 hour days and as a business owner, you don't always pay yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I know if, for anyone that's coming in that does work for me, I mean, they're they're worth every penny because it's it's really um, it's extremely rewarding, but it's also extremely demanding. You know, especially when you're dealing with people with mental illness all day. Not that uh, it's different so much from the people with special needs, but you know, everybody has every mental illness could be that you, you could have five people with the same diagnosis, but each person is still unique, and you know, it, it takes a lot for you to. Uh, to get through your day and say super chipper all day and because that's how you want to be so i think that the people that work in these types of uh facilities they should be 25 dollars and more you know definitely it's definitely. uh it's quite an amazing job yeah and especially since you need a course now on top of that and that kind of has to like yeah, help the wages yeah. go up to pay for that kind of stuff and yeah i mean yeah for sure well being that that level three place in Chediac, like I Mm -hmm. totally thought, I was like, there's no way you're going to find someone. I mean, they're kind of maybe preying on like super good hearted people who are just good, who would just come in and Mm -hmm. fall in love with the people and be like, oh, I I have to do this. And uh, I was Mm -hmm. like, shit, at the time I was like trying to get out of debt and everything. And I was like, I can't, well, first of all, I can't work for minimum wage. Like I'm not going back down to that. And then also it takes up so much of your time. Like these were like 60 hour or more work weeks and there's spending the night and then there's like all the other things that come along with it, you know, the little, Mm -hmm. the nitty gritties. 
the dirty poopy yep. poopy times and everything like that you know and you're like oh. well i'm definitely blessed or however you would like to phrase that um in my situation because we do not have anyone in that situation right i don't deal with anything like that everybody here is super independent can you know leave and go do activities on their own or go to the store or whatever and it's just that you might not even know if you met them Hello? Hey. I'm not sure what happened there. I yeah. lost you for a second. Yeah, you totally cut out. You there? Yeah, yeah. So the last thing you said was that you might not oh, totally sorry. know. <laughs> might not what's right? You cut out. Oh, the last thing that you said was you might not totally know, and then it just kind of the line went dead. Hmm. I don't know what I was saying there. <laughs> Sorry, because the line went dead for a second. I, uh, my daughter called from school, so now I'm like, mom brain. <laughs> oh no! Is everything okay? Do you need everything's your... cool? Yeah, um, you know okay. it's all good. Um, she was just calling because we're picking my mom's on my on her way to go pick her up for an appointment. She was just checking in. So. So mom life, I, eh? Mom life. Yeah. Woo! How's mom that life. treating you? Mom life is amazing. My little girl is going to be 12 next month. Wow. So, yeah. 12. It's uh, it's bizarre to me because most of my best friends are all having babies right now. Yeah. And my daughter just took her babysitting course. <laughs> so we're on different planes, <laughs> on different levels in life, you know? Yeah. Um, well, hey, she'll be I she'll be making a killing there with all your friends and the yeah. babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I had my daughter at a young age. I was 26 when she was born. But in this generation, it kind of was. You know, I guess it was because most of my girlfriends, like I say, like Christelle and Franz, like they're all in their early to mid-30s and they're just having their kids now. So, But it's really nice for me because I'm not having any more kids. So I get this like exposure to everybody else's kids. And yeah. it's nice to be the auntie. And you got to be like the first one. You yeah, have to get pretty the, much. The pioneer of yeah. momhood amongst, pioneer amongst of the circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So, uh, I don't know. I kind of have some topics that I stick to on my show a little sure. bit. Are you at all into yoga? Is that anything you've ever, you've ever done? Awesome. Awesome. I do do some yoga, but I, I've gone to a few classes here and there's a few different studios and one more specifically, I just, I just didn't feel the vibe sort of say, like I just didn't feel it in there. And for me, like it's kind of a personal thing. And when I want to do it, I just kind of do it myself. If yeah. that makes sense. Oh, totally. I don't go to, I do not yeah. ever. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm an instructor and I write my own classes, like my own hour long or more 90 minute classes, but like, I don't ever go mm -hmm. to another class. I follow yoga with okay. Adrian on YouTube and she's amazing. Yoga with Adrian? Yeah. And That's she, who I like too. Yeah. Oh, she's the best. Cool. The best. Yeah, she's good. I, I like that, that you can follow like her guides and yeah. 30 day, like, you know, certain things. It's pretty cool. The 30 day challenges are pretty cool. She, yeah. They do those yeah. once a year. And uh, you can build your own challenge. And she does an email newsletter. And she emailed out a whole 30-day set of just old videos. And she's okay. plugged them into every date of this whole month. 
So I've been kind of following along with those. So nice. But some of them are like only like 15, 20 minutes long. And some mornings I need a lot more than that. I need like an hour or something. So I'll watch yeah. like three or four of her videos and just follow that. And then maybe I'll mix in my own kind of shit here and there. And uh, right. the coolest thing about yoga for me was entering that flow state. I don't know if you've ever like achieved that, but it's just this incredible like mind totally detached from body yet somehow are still working together in like a perfect unison and you're like doing this whole it's like a dance that you're not that you don't have to think about. I don't think I've achieved it, but it sounds like something I would enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I equate it to with like uh like rapping on stage. There's this yeah. like there's this thing that happens where like your mind steps out of yourself so like your body is there yeah. and you're like blah 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 and you're going a mile a minute all these words but then your mind is like yep. did i say that word right oh look there's my friend <laughs> bob out in the, out in the crowd oh bob got a new hat right i wonder what that guy's doing at the bar you know and you're thinking all this shit but in the meantime your body is like blah 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 you're just like sh shooting off and like you're just in this weird zone and uh i kind of equate it to that which is interesting cool very interesting it is yeah uh yeah and do you still rap like is this something that you're still doing you know what once in a while i'll like it just mm -hmm. inspiration hits and i gotta write something down but like i'm not like actively pursuing mm -hmm. it or anything like that it's just kind of a fun little side okay side thing to do Mm -hmm. uh, I made a cool little rap for this show for Beyond the Mat, so that'll be playing at the first or at the okay. end of the show. And uh, that's really oh, cool. one of the <laughs> most recent things I did. I did a verse on uh, Nails's new, oh, new you're album. cutting out there. What's that? You're cutting out. Oh, sorry. Uh, I did a verse okay. on uh, Nails's new album, on Andy's latest album. But uh, something got really? something got screwed up in the transfer, so I gotta I gotta redo it. But yeah, okay. uh, I don't know. Once in a while, I'll do like audio projects, and I still do audio engineering for different artists. So I'm not totally out of the loop, but I am out of the loop. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Okay. I couldn't tell you anything about the state of music or hip hop or anything today. And uh, in fact, I've kind of gone like completely fucking sideways. And I really, I'm really, really into Katy Perry right now. <laughs> I think I remember you posting something about that before. And I remember being like puzzled, like, really? What? I do like her, but I just did not expect that from you. No, no. And I mean, I've like, you know, only been into hip hop my whole life. And I feel like I've, yeah. I've missed out on so much other good music out there. And I think that happens to a lot of people. We get stuck in like one. Absolutely. One thing. And, uh, and I think for me, like having preteen, I hear an awful lot of rap and hip hop music coming out of her room. Like I wouldn't have known who Cardi B is until like, I mean, now she's more mainstream, but she, my daughter was listening to it before I even knew who she was, <laughs> which is funny because that would have been me at her age, you know? <laughs> so all this mainstream hip hop and all these different things, it's, uh, Anyways, it's it's not salt and pepper of this Cardi B, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, I know all about <laughs> the Cardi B. The language is, is it's, not great. It's, but, uh, she came from uh, Instagram. She was an Instagram yeah. famous. And she was like a prostitute. And that's how she became yes. famous from just like 
telling it like it is, you know? She's like, well, I she, get paid, and she I danced. get money. She was a stripper. And, and stripping, too, and yeah. so that's and, one of uh, her main lines. She's like, I don't dance now. I make money moves. And my, <laughs> I hear this coming out of my daughter's mouth one day, and I'm like, I need to go check out what this is. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I can remember being her age when Salt and Peppa's album can't remember what it's called. Like, like push but, it, uh, push it real Talk good. Sex came out. Talk about sex, yeah. But when we were listening to Push It, I don't think I knew what the heck she was talking about. I thought it was dance move. So I'm going to hope that this money moves line is the same thing as the Push It. Like I'm <laughs> hoping, but I don't know. It's uh, but like it's tough being a mom and cool all at the same time. You're already like a thousand steps ahead of most moms out there because you know you've already like investigated you're like yo what's that shit she's listening to i better i better look into this yeah i have to so that's that's i mean i give her the freedom to go online and like she goes on different apps and different things but i have full access to everything like nothing's going unnoticed you know yep and i think for me i've always been the person that i could literally hear a song once and then i know all the words (laughs) so she takes after me musically so i've to watch because i don't want her to say that like not knowing you know if it's bad or good or whatever like i it's it's hard to shelter your kid who's got the same taste for the music that you had right exactly. <laughs> so yeah uh, if yeah. i listen to old school hip-hop she's like how do you know those songs and i'm like because that's what i listened to growing up <laughs> <laughs> they've been playing for 30 or more years now <laughs> yeah she's a pretty cool kid yeah cool I have a niece who's like twelve or thirteen, and it's the same thing. They keep okay. they keep you her like they keep her super like you know like she doesn't even have a Facebook account, like she's not allowed okay. to have. She has like a Snapchat or some shit like that with her friends, but she's not. There's a bunch of shit Which, she's not allowed to have. The Snapchat is what worries me more than any of those applications know, or but, apps, whatever. Because, because it goes it, a, it goes away, and you're like, what did they say? What yeah. what's happening? But I mean, I don't know. We no, used to, have, yo, we used to have yeah. telephones that we would call our friends on the telephone, and that shit was gone as soon as you said it. There was no replay. Yep. There was no like. It was no. like it, that. Thought you're right. I never really looked at it like that. But I feel that it, what's different there is that those are words you can forget or misconstrue or change the words. But if something was sent that was inappropriate, like a picture or receive, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, this, yeah. it's just so dangerous, like, for all this stuff. and Yeah, and I mean, yeah. not to worry you or anything, but there's there's apps <laughs> there's apps you can get that do, like, video capture. So, like, I have one on my phone. As soon as I hit oh, video capture, it records wow. my entire screen, it records all the audio and everything. I mean, I use it for, for podcasting yeah. and stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. it could be used for malicious intents, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, we won't stress out about that too no, much. No, no. <laughs> keep it light. Keep, keep it light. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's uh, what's your nutrition and diets like? Are you into any of these crazy like diet regimens that are out there? I mean, I got into this shit when I lived in um, in Los Angeles. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be one of these fucking LA freaks and get into this weird diet shit that they're all on, and yeah. Uh, I was doing that and I was like juicing and I've got like, I watched the documentary, uh, I think it's fat, sick and nearly dead. So I got really into the juicing and then I was, you know, really clean eating for me. Like a couple of my friends are doing the keto. It's just too intense. Like to, to say 
I can't have a potato or I can't have some pasta. And especially with, again, with my 12 year old, I'm going to watch that because she's watching everything I'm doing. So right. if I go on yo-yo diets, she's going to think this is normal, right? right? So for me, my biggest thing is just to try and eat as clean as possible at Whole Foods. Yeah. That's just, that's, you know. Do you have a garden? That's you have a, just the goal, must, I suppose. You guys must have a garden. You must plant stuff out there. I do. And I had a huge vegetable garden uh, last year and then it's not nice enough outside just yet for that but I was thinking this year because I'm quite busy with my business um, is that what I might do is container gardening like I'm going to have the all of tomatoes for example so I'm going to have a lot of tomatoes with a huge wraparound porch so I'll kind of have are you there? yeah yeah sorry you just cut out again for some reason Okay, cut uh, out there. So you, yeah, you, so I'm going to do container gardening, yeah. and I'm going to do a, a raised box above ground gardening. Right. It's just so much easier for me because there's a lot of critters here. So, and then as well, if the if the residents who are older want to get involved, there's not a lot of leaning over. Right. So I like to do it convenient wise. Yeah. And it's a little easier to to fence those in too. You don't have to fence in a whole property. You can just cover up like the, the box itself. Yeah, exactly. We've yeah. got we've a few got those... years ago. I was uh, before this job. I was the director of the homeless shelter here, and that's what we were doing. Like you know, teaching them all about sustainability and like how to you know when they leave the shelter, how to go forward and do this on your own. So we taught them how to use the gardens, and then and there we did it in the ground. But then the Rotary Club here got wind of it, so I went there and did a presentation with them, and we teamed with them and part of the city here and then we put in um above ground box gardens that were high enough and wide enough apart that even someone in a wheelchair could access so it's pretty amazing like when they did that or when we did that i suppose because not only like it fed the homeless shelter it felt fed like the soup kitchens it fed everybody in the city so it was a pretty cool thing to do and uh they're just so much easier to sustain when you're not around having them raised versus like you said like fencing in like certain sections and things like that yeah yeah we have them in our front yard yeah. here that uh that were just built and so there's like i think six to eight of them and then so it's a place okay. it's a place to plant vegetables but there's a crazy awesome. deer there's a crazy deer problem here and i mean deer, oh, really? deer aren't a problem problem but like they're a problem because they'll crash right in through your backyard they jump over fences they eat everything they're like little monsters wow. destroying the all the the vegetables everywhere they eat the tree leaves huh. everything and there's there's tons of them too and they're not scared of people they're not scared of cats and dogs they're not scared of cars they're just like totally wow. getting like domesticated and they come in and they're like they're like the raccoons, huh. the little trash pandas. It's like I don't even know what you would you'd have to like literally fence in that small little space. Yeah, so you gotta like well that's why I was saying, like each box what? each box has its own fence over it. Oh wow. Okay. Instead of fencing in the whole yard. Here we don't have a whole like we have a lot of moose in New Brunswick. Yeah. And you do see some deer, but that's more it's not really in the area of where I'm living, but I mean, I'm sure that that could be an issue as well. But where you are, they you see them often, or like this is like a big thing for you guys. Like you see them all the time. Yeah, it's like a 
they're they're like they're like a plague. Wow. <laughs> they're beautiful beautiful creatures. I'm not. I mean, I'm vegan. I don't kill animals. I don't want to hurt them or anything. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. like, yo, y'all are eating my food now. Like, get out of here. <laughs> There's a huge forest. There's enough forest in this island for them to not have to eat our yeah. vegetables. That's kind of the issue. But, How uh, long have you been vegan? Uh, two and a half years, I guess, maybe three years. And like, did you tr- did you transition from being a vegetarian to becoming a vegan, or was it just like straight to that? Uh, well, n- yes and no. I kind of went. Uh, the first thing I wanted to try was gluten free. I wanted to cut out all the gluten. So I went home and I looked right. in my cupboard and I started reading the ingredients lists on the boxes of everything. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, there's wheat and everything. And I mean, there's yep. wheat and shit that there shouldn't be wheat. Like you'll read like on the label of an ice cream container contains wheat. Yeah. And it's like, why is there wheat in the ice cream? Because it's a really cheap filler. No it's a yeah. super cheap, inexpensive filler. It bulks it up. Mm-hmm. You feel full after eating it. That's about it. And I mean, I'm not celiac or anything like that, but I just wanted to know because I had heard through other podcasts about the benefits that come from it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do 30 days. And I did it. I I didn't like throw away all my groceries. I ate everything that was there. And then I just was more conscious about reading the labels. And then I only started buying items right. that were like gluten-free. So like gluten-free pastas were becoming available at like Walmart for the same price as regular mm-hmm. pasta. And uh, there's always, yeah, there's a lot of now gluten-free options everywhere. Then after that Mm -hmm. month was over, it was like such incredible changes uh, in my energy Mm -hmm. levels, my weight, uh, my, I have skin rashes and shit that cleared up. Uh, Just the puffiness of my face and my body just kind of shrunk down to its regular size. And uh, then from there, I was like, okay, so that, that was easy. Like after a month went by and I was like, I'm going to start cutting out like, uh, I had already pretty much cut out steaks and shit like that, but I was still Uh eating chicken and eggs. So I was like, I'm going to slowly start cutting out like everything. The last thing to go was the eggs. So I cut out tuna, fish, all meat, all poultry, everything was cut out. So just slowly in steps. And the last to go was the eggs. I mean, the eggs Uh was two summers ago. And I remember uh, I was at my dad's house in New Brunswick and we were doing, he has a farm, like a big farmstead. And we were doing a lot of work to like prepare for winter. And I remember that's when I had made the decision. I was like, I'm next week after these eggs are gone, I'm not buying anymore. And I remember him being like, whoa, like you sure this is the right time to do that? Cause like you need those eggs, man. That's your protein in the morning. Like, what are you going to do? He's like, cause I noticed the days when I wouldn't eat eggs, I would be sluggish and I couldn't really get 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 you know we're lugging trees and chopping wood and and shit like that Mm -hmm. and like you kind of need that boost of energy to get going and i'm telling you yeah it was a little rough at first but you just got to learn how to supplement your protein properly through like things like Mm -hmm. tofu eat lots of extra broccoli uh even the protein powder the protein shakes Mm -hmm. the and i get the vegan protein shakes it's all plant-based it's mostly pea protein okay and then, uh, yeah, then I just kind of ran with it from there. I, I've got talking like the, is it like the brand, like Vega? Have you tried that? It is, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the brand. Uh, I think it's like 20 bucks at Walmart. And I mean, fuck. I love that stuff. And I, I have some on hand and you're making me want to make a shake after. I probably will. <laughs> you know what I put it? I, I drink my tea in a mason jar. Because I, I drink 
fucking like okay. I'll drink like six of these mason jars of tea every day. So like one or two of them, I put a big okay. scoop of that protein powder in, and I put a huge like tablespoon of coconut oil. So I get the MCT oils in there. Put the hot water in, mix it up. Put a little bit of coconut wow. milk or a cashew creamy cashew milk, and then you're good to go. And yeah, I'm drinking one right now, like as we speak. But you got to keep stirring that shit like every five minutes because it all sells to the bottom. That's my only beef with it. Nice. Is it just regular tea, or is there some like special tea that you no, prefer? Like, like a, like a Tetley tea. I just can't drink tea. I don't know what it is. I've tried it. It's just not for me. And I get like this old old. So I was English... hoping you were going to tell me it was something something fun and exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the here's the exciting. (laughs) Yeah, here's the exciting thing. Tetley makes this blueberry tea. It's blueberry and ginseng, and it it's like there's no caffeine, but holy shit, it gets you going. It's like pow 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 pow. Because of the ginseng. The the ginseng and and there's something else, ginkgo balboa, I think's in there too. So one of them like increases your heart rate, and one of them thins your blood a little bit to get it flowing faster. And then the blueberry is just the aroma. My whole house smells like blueberries. Just this beautiful blueberry smell. Wow, that smells good. But, like, you don't want to drink more than two of those, two tea bags in a day, because, like, it kind of wires you out and you feel like a little little jittery. <laughs> but not as bad as You what... should have told me this earlier, because I literally just went to the store to buy ephedrine, which I haven't tried in probably 15 years. Oh, <laughs> man. Like those uh, those wake ups with the little rooster on the on the cover. Similar, yeah, Something I think like it's that. probably similar to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, but, uh, it, it really back works. in the raver days, you would take those to dance all night long, right? So, oh yeah. Um, I thought I would try some just to start back running, and I thought I would try some to kind of kickstart my energy. Definitely. But maybe I'll look into your teas. I would, I, person, I don't know. I'm just the big fucking hippie now, so <laughs> I would definitely go with the tea before I would take some like <laughs> some pharmaceutical. But for sure, that's that's up to everybody. You know, that's your right. choice. Uh, I'm trying to, I don't know, keep it healthy, man. Not the, the only yeah, thing absolutely. I take right now is a, is yeah, a naproxen. I, uh, for it's a, not something like I, I don't know. I just kind of spontaneously bought it and just thought of it now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. In, impulse buy as you're walking by. Like, ooh. Yeah, it was kind of like that. Well, I was in there looking at protein. I was at like GNC or I think that's what it was. And somebody had recently told me about them taking the ephedrine like at the gym and stuff. And I'm like, well, give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my only concern with that anyway. would be like too too much of an increased heart rate because you don't want to be like bleeding yes. out of your chest there. Uh, and that mess well, up your say, blood pressure. Like, originally, the reason, or the purpose behind it is to help you breathe better. That's truly the purpose. Mm-hmm. And not everybody knows this, but I snore like really loud. So I thought I would try these and see if it helps in some way, like help with my breathing or whatever. Well, that's Shoot. really the reason why. <laughs> it might. It, it we'll might. <laughs> it might end up just like keeping you up all night, though. Um, have you tried a smaller pillow or like no pillow at all? Because I, I've i um, just started snoring and I noticed that it's when I have two pillows or 
too many. My head is like angled up, like I'm looking down my whole chest, and I start to get this like <laughs> constricted back of my neck, and <laughs> starts happening. So I took the right. pillow away, and I can breathe like super clear, full breaths. I'll give it a try. I mean, I don't hear myself snore. Other people hear me snore. <laughs> well, then it's not a problem. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so for me, I'm good. But it's just the rest of them. You know, I would like to, my daughter can hear me from quite a far distance where her room is, her bedroom. So I'm just trying to, just trying to oh, help everybody out. My I'll dad. Keep you, I'll keep you tuned on how it goes. My dad snores and my God, the windows rattle, pictures fall off the wall. It's like. That's kind of me. That's kind of me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Whatever. Screw them. Let them deal with it. (laughs) Like I said earlier, I work 14-hour days. So by the time my head hits the pillow... You're out. I'll have to tell you this. It's so funny. My mom comes here. She's amazing, and she comes here to help me some time, like just volunteer or whatever. And the other night, she was laying in bed with me, and she looked at me, and I'm like, what? And she's like you're snoring and you're awake. I was like awake, but not really. Like I was on my way to falling asleep and she just couldn't get over it laughing at me. But I work hard and I snore even harder. Damn. Damn. Hot damn. Could be worse. It could be worse. You know? Yeah. yeah you could uh, sleepwalk. That probably... I don't know. Yeah. Have you ever slept walked? I've never. Maybe when I was a kid, but my parents never told me about it. And I don't think I've ever met anyone who's sleepwalked. So it's kind of a rare thing. I may have when I was little, but I don't know about anything like in recent years. But uh, when we were in our 20s, I'm sure we did some walking in our sleep. But I don't know, like, song for another time. But uh, <laughs> no, I don't know if I sleepwalk or not. But my daughter has done it a few times. And done some silly things that I won't get into. But, um, I mean, it happens, right? If you're tired enough, I guess it happens. I think I had a a cousin who, like, woke up and went into the corner and, like, peed in a plant. I think we all have that cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Either it's a plant or a closet or just the bare floor. We've all got a story like that. Yeah. (laughs) Man, it's, it's funny when you're, like... And you're having a dream, and then in the dream, you got to pee, and you're, like, trying to find a yeah. toilet, and you can't find one, and then you finally find mm-hmm. one, and then you're like, I'm trying to pee, nothing's coming out, I wonder why that is. <laughs> oh, because in real life, your body really needs to pee, and then you'll, like, wake up, and you're like, oh, fuck. And you, I, I often yeah. wonder, I'm like, what if I did actually pee? Am I going to piss the bed? Is that what's going to happen? If I actually do find that toilet in my dream, am I going to wake up soaked? So far, so good. No accidents. So far, so good. Although, I'll admit that I have probably shit myself at least once a year my entire life. <laughs> not sleeping, not sleep shitting, but just, you know, those little accidents happen. Oh my God. Why? I mean, I think a, oh. lot, of, a lot of people... Uh, <laughs> you know how to say that? <laughs> not like a big, big one, just a little like... Oh, shit. That was an accident. Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to stay away from those T's then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually, it's... uh, Oh, my gosh. The uh, coconut oil has been known to cause uh, 
a lot of like diarrhea. So people who eat a lot of coconut oil, which I do because of the the keto mm-hmm. diet that I'm on. It's a high fat, low carb. So I eat tons of yep. coconut oil, and I put like four uh, heaping. I eat this vegetable mix that I that I freeze in the freezer, and I put like four heaping tablespoons of coconut oil in that shit every day. Wow. And uh, oh, it's amazing shit. It's good for your face. It's good for your hair. It's good for everything. Yeah, everybody so. says it's good for. I mean, I've heard it for so many different remedies, and uh, I always have some on hand for sure. Oh, I love it. Ah, uh, good for great sun, product. Sunburns. You know what else is good for? Yeah. I have. Before I became vegan, I had bought these leather boots, and they look like. Mm-hmm very peter pan boots and they're like these i paid a lot of money for these things and they're designer boots from a fancy place in in bc and nelson and i use neverland yeah i use yeah neverland (laughs) i use uh have you been there before have you been to nelson it's just you said peter pan and then you said when i bought them in and you and I had to say Neverland, and anyway, continue your story. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's because Nelson really is like Neverland. If you've ever been there, really, the people are just I've never been out west. Very no. like woodsy, woodland elves kind of people. It's really cool. But yeah, oh. I use coconut oil to like I rub the coconut oil into my leather boots, and it's better than any spray oh. or any other shit I've ever had. It really preserves them. Uh, I use it on all wow. my my leather products. It's crazy good stuff. So it's not just for our so bodies. So as a vegan, do you still keep that stuff? Like, are you still... Well, yeah, I paid a lot of money for that shit. I'm not going to just throw them away, but I'm consciously not going to okay. go and buy more, you know, $300 right. leather boots. <laughs> uh, but if you came across, like, a beautiful piece of leather that that's at a vintage, like, secondhand store, would you buy that? I mean, it's already... Yeah, maybe. Used. It's not like... Mm, maybe. I don't know. I don't really want to promote... The whole like animal yeah. animal thing, and I feel like I kind of do that just by wearing the boots out in public and shit. You know, it just keeps yeah. it keeps it in the public eye. But I mean, nowadays they have so much fake leather that you can't even really tell the difference. Yeah, and it's like people really. I mean, people are really. You know, if that's your belief or those are your. I don't really buy a lot of leather products myself, mind you. My couch is leather because I like. Sorry, the way it feels, but wait, you I like wait, 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 store one time with my cousin and he had a leather jacket yeah and this guy walked by us and he's like nice leather jacket pause Uh. you fucking asshole (laughs) and i mean we just kind of stopped like what this guy almost wanted to you know go toe-to-toe with my cousin over his jacket and i'm just like you know i really think it's amazing to promote what you believe in but don't bash what you hate i mean like if you want people to believe what you believe or if you want to show how loving you are and all these things just focus on what you love that's just my you know that's the i mean that's the best i've been in so many like vegan arguments online with people now that i've alienated so many friends and i just kind of realized i'm like i'm i'm yelling into a black hole you know nobody no one's being receptive yeah no one wants to hear any of it. No one wants to watch these documentaries with animals having their skin cut off or whatever the gross thing that they're showing you in these documentaries. And I don't even want to watch yeah. that shit. Like, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it in real life. Mm-hmm. So I don't need... I know yeah. what's going on in those places. I don't need to, to watch it yep. on a screen. And then I'm like, why should I... Why am I... You know, you're, you're keeping it alive. You're keeping the hate, the us versus them alive. 
Yes, yes. The, the duality. But at the, in the beginning, when you, if you would have shared those things, you weren't doing it for that reason. You were doing it because, you know, like you believe in this and you're, you want other people to, to understand what you understand. Yeah. But if it's not taken that way, right. then it just becomes, you know, it just becomes like this asshole sharing this again. Like, you know, yeah. um, years ago I was uh, working with women and children who were victims of domestic violence and sexual abuse. And so, you know, I was super passionate about this and that's still something I'm very passionate about. And I would share about all these facts and all these things. And then all of a sudden, like I realized, and from people would tell my close friends would tell me like, I don't like that. Like I, you know, if you want to share it on your page, that's about that. It's one thing, but on your personal thing, not everybody wants to wake up to, you know, animals being slaughtered or bruised women or whatever. Like not everybody wants to see that in their newsfeed. And it's like, you're trying to educate your friends, but at the same time, it's like, who are you to, you know what I mean? Like there's such a, a line of like, are you being positive about it or are you being overbearing about it? So I just kind of don't share that stuff anymore. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I've gotten, yeah, some heated debates have gone down. Some people have been Absolutely. like, you know, fuck you, Jay. Don't talk to me anymore. Un- unfriended what? me or whatever. And it's like, what? Wow. Over- the whole Over- unfriending thing is crazy and so immature. <laughs> but it happens. Yeah. You know, I've had amazing girlfriends that I thought we were going to be friends forever. And one thing's said the wrong way. And then you're unfriended or and or blocked. And it's just like... Facebook is such a tool for keeping you connected, but it's also a tool for keeping you disconnected from real relationships and reality. Right. You know, if you think about how much time you spend on these outlets, I mean, I don't know. It's just, uh, Facebook, to me, is the worst one of them all. There's the bubble, right? Like, you're in your little bubble, and let's say you're, like, a hardcore liberal. You're only going to see liberal ideas. You're only going to see liberal posts. You're only going to see liberal concepts. Everything is going to be very liberal. And then one conservative friend has slipped into the mix and says one little thing, and then you're going to say, oh, no, I hate you, and then you block and delete them or or whatever. And it's like... Which is so foolish, you know? I mean... We're never going to all agree on religion and politics and there's all sorts of things that they say are just not conversations to have with certain people. But the thing is, is that if you and I have a conversation and I don't necessarily agree with your opinion, I don't think any less of you. I'll listen to what you're saying, but I mean, I'm mature enough to realize, okay, well, these are my beliefs and I'm cool with you having yours. I think that that's really uh, people get so worked up on Facebook and it's like and and I think it's just can, a post it's just a picture like we can all be different and have different opinions and views and we can all still live together and still be friends absolutely. And, and hang out I mean what it would be a boring world if everyone just agreed it would be so boring if if it was just perfect yeah I mean I feel like that's yeah. not what life is about life is about overcoming obstacles challenges and Always. growing yeah it's not about oh everything's perfect la 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 let's just float around in a in a dream cloud mm-hmm. yep and uh, whoo <laughs> uh, I remember my dad telling me when I was a kid he was like son there's things that you don't talk about with anybody you yeah. don't talk about how much money you make and you don't talk about mm-hmm. who you vote for or politics you can have an opinion but you don't talk about that shit with your friends like there's private things and and now looking back I'm like oh now I see the wisdom to that. 
it's not there's so much wisdom in that it's not mm-hmm. because these are the rules and don't talk about this shit it's because of all the yep. bullshit that comes along with bringing up these things you know you're like yeah. you're, you're gonna you're gonna make enemies where there were no enemies absolutely and i mean what's what is what's like what is the point of speaking your mind to the point where you're making enemies like i would prefer to get along with everybody you know, you can't be friends with everybody, but I would prefer to, there to be harmony and peace in the conversation than just overpowering the other person and like trying to get my point across because I'm not a politician. Um, maybe not in this lifetime, maybe another one, but you know, my dad said the same thing to me uh, when before like I would have been a major age of majority to vote, like because my family, my dad was a liberal. Mm-hmm. I'm sure my mom is still, and he. I remember him saying, like, don't have those conversations and you don't have to tell people who you vote for. And I was like, well, who do I vote for when I go to vote? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. You need to, like, actually read who, what everybody's doing and, like, follow it. And, like, you know, learn it for yourself. Like, don't just be spoon-fed all this information. And that's what happens. So many people are just spoon-fed, like, okay, well, I'm liberal or I'm conservative or whatever. And it's, it's not even really truly who they are. You're fighting for something you don't even really understand. Yeah, that and that um, you don't even – the idea of who is what anymore, When you're especially when it comes to mm-hmm. voting. I mean these politicians are so flip-floppy. Like when you yeah. – they're jumping ship left and right all the time. Like uh-huh. the liberals were jumping over to Harper's boat and the, the Harper's boat were jumping over to Trudeau's boat. And it's, it goes yeah. – it's – you know what? They're feeling the game. They're feeling the playing field. And they're just kind of riding the wave. And they're going like, okay, this wave's going to crash. I'm going to jump over onto another wave that's still going. But and what that's, else that's can all they do? Is. Like, if they don't do these things, no matter what, like, I'm sorry. I think Justin Trudeau gets a really bad rap. And, like, there's some things that I don't agree with. But there's some things that he's done that I think are pretty fantastic. Oh, definitely. Like, definitely. just as an example, and I just want to say this, when he went to these other countries and he wore their, you know, like their common dress. I thought personally, and maybe people will think I'm crazy, but I thought that that was really polite. Well, yeah. Like, you know, like I thought, I I do think when you look at Donald Trump and his first lady and the whole gang, when they dressed kind of like they were going to a funeral when they met the Pope, I thought that was a little bit strange, but I'm not an American, so that doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. But as far as Trudeau, I thought that that was really polite. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense to know, try and yeah. to try and get into the culture that you're visiting and try and, you know, feel like you're one of them and experience the whole thing. You don't want to stand out and look like a weird outsider. You really want to get in there. But I can understand how like, thousands and thousands of Canadians are going, oh, that's cultural appropriation. You shouldn't wear a a gown or whatever it is. So. I know, but if just, that's just me. Like if I went somewhere, I mean, I'm always going to be me, but I'm not the prime minister. Okay. (laughs) So if, you know, if he's going somewhere like this and he feels that it might possibly give him a leg in with whoever he's visiting, I don't see that as, as that an issue. And I don't think that then you get all these people losing their shit about saying, well, all the money spent for that could have been given to the homeless and the veterans. What are you talking about? Like, these are all different 
budgets and a lot of the facts and again with facebook people will circulate all these facts about the homelessness and the veterans they're not even true most of the stats i i and i know this from personal experience working with the homeless and being previously married to a vet so i mean i just think you know it's again when we're being spoon fed the information and we're just believing stuff that's not even true right anyway can be another topic i guess (laughs) well just to finish it off it kind of comes back to uh the fact that the other side whoever is against whatever the current regime is whoever's against that is going to pick and choose hot topics and try and use that to play against the current regime it doesn't matter who's who's on what side you know, if it was yeah. a conservative guy in there, they're going to say the same shit about, oh, this money should mm-hmm. be spent on, doesn't matter. Homeless and vet, yep. that's what's trending this month. Okay, that's what we're going to say that's trending. Yeah, exactly. To it's get. just to get these other people lit up, right? It's, it's sometimes a person like will hear a topic and it, it, it triggers something. And, oh, well, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, all you hear about on Facebook or whatever outlet you use. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've been doing like a media blackout myself. I haven't, I don't watch the news. I don't read a newspaper. I have ad block on everything. So I don't see the ads, but I do see friends posting relentlessly, you know, when, when something comes mm-hmm. up and I'm like, y'all are buying into this. Like, really? And I always, I, I want to dive so much in. fake news, right? And I just, it's, uh, it's overpowering. Um, my ex-husband was really like, and there's nothing wrong with this, but he's a gentleman that likes to watch the news every day and Canadian, American, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I did, I will say, I, I watched it because I, I want to know what's going on in, you know, current events and things like that. But since we've separated, I don't watch the news anymore. And it's got nothing to do with him. It's just as a reference. And you know what? Your life is lighter <laughs> when you're not constantly submerged in everything else going on around you because it's just it's just too much i mean there's just so much happening and i definitely unfollow or unsubscribe to anyone that just constantly puts about you know the news or just current events all the time i i just i just don't follow those people it's just too much yeah yeah and i mean that comes back to like you know me Posting shit about the vegan and killing animals. People are free to unfollow yeah. me and I'm free to unfollow the news droppers and shit like that. The one Exactly. The one good thing that I do like though is that I have a very wide range of friends who are actually yeah. from all different walks of life and they are like I have mm-hmm. a I have a friend who is a card carrying conservative down in yeah. Halifax. And he's also a musician. He's a DJ. Like, you would okay. think that all artists are liberal, but they're not. So it, it goes both ways. And I'm not caught in that in that, uh, that bubble, that, uh, what's it called? The, the echo chamber that happens. Yeah. Because I do get to hear random offshoot beliefs. I get to hear the positive things about Trump coming through. You're not just yeah. all negative. I mean, there are some good things. I have to say, like, with Trump, I mean, like... He's a smart businessman. I own a business. I'm not going to say the things he's done as a president. I don't follow any of that. But if you look back at all the things that he's done prior to being the president, the guy's freaking pretty smart. You know, like he's... Right. Not always ethical. He's a huge business mogul. Not always ethical. However, 
you know, he knows. But I do have some extremely close friends that are Trump supporters. Yep. I was very surprised, but I don't have any less love for them or no. anymore. You know no. what I mean? Like your personal beliefs are yours. And that's just the way I feel. I mean, that's just the way it should be. You know, that's the only way we're going to live in harmony is if we all just allow each other to be individual. I made a video on YouTube saying that I won't play the hate game because this was when Trump was like waking up in the morning, grabbing his phone, going on Twitter, saying some racist shit. And then with one click of a button, he has the entire world in anger, hate, freaking out and thinking about him. And I was like, I'm not going to participate in this. Because the whole internet would just explode, and then the news channels would yeah. explode, and the radio is exploding with hate and anger everywhere. And this guy's mm-hmm. laughing. You know, he's rolling. He has a golden toilet. His toilet's made oh out of gold, gosh. like actually a golden throne. And so, like, this guy's like rolling around in, like, Scrooge McDuck, swimming through the chains, swimming through the money, you know, and laughing his ass off. And he makes a whole bunch yeah. more money every time everyone gets riled up and they sell more ads on these news sites. You know, everything comes <laughs> exactly. back. Exactly. He's got so much power. And, you know, we think that saying what we think, of, you know, discrediting or putting him down for the things that he's done, it only fuels the fire. Like, it just, it makes him bigger and bigger. And I just, I'll say like you, I don't get involved in that hate game because what's the point? Like, I know. But you know what? YouTube, being a hardcore mm-hmm. uh, liberal supporter... Or the, whatever the opposite mm-hmm. of Trump is. I'm pretty sure Trump is conservative, whatever their name for it, Democrats and Republicans. I always get them mixed up. YouTube uh, deleted yeah. that video, and I had to fight to get it put back on. Because all I said was, wow. I'm not playing the hate game. I'm not a supporter, but uh-huh. I'm not. And I explained the whole thing about how he wakes up and sends a okay. tweet and everybody erupts. And they didn't like that. YouTube has like a weird policy now. They have actual like humans who sit and watch almost every video to try and see if really? it fits the the paradigm that they're trying to create. Like they they have huh. an, they have an agenda. They not, must. Not yeah, I mean weird. that's what happened. Freedom of speech, right? But I guess yeah. it's. Uh, well, you're using their platform is the way they look at it. Look, you're using that, our system. Yeah. We are hosting all this. We're paying for it all. It's free service. Like, we don't like what you're saying. We're going to delete it. But it, it comes mm-hmm. down to a person by person. So if the guy who watched that video was outraged that day by what Trump tweeted, he's going to delete my video, of course. If I had landed right. my video on some other poor sap's desk, then they might not have had the same opinion. And it's a personal right. choice. And that's just like a weird thing that YouTube does that doesn't really have anything to do with anything else in the world. But I mean, it's something that's <laughs> happening. And I'm like, if YouTube's doing it, damn well, Facebook's doing it. Google's doing it. Yeah. They're all doing it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, online freedom of speech is definitely being dwindled away. And uh, Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's not too much. You can't post anything where there's no comments section. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I just think that we, uh, some people feel so entitled to their opinions and we are, it's just that at the same time, if you're putting them on, on blast on your social media, you're asking for people to comment or you're, you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no winning with this, especially if you're taking it to like, other than it's beautiful outside today. Like, even those posts, someone's going to say, well, it was raining two hours ago. Like, there's just no way to 
keep it positive all the time. So, uh, and you know what? Life yeah. isn't life <laughs> isn't uh, positive all the time. And a cool thing that one of my cousins has done is that I remember she posted on Instagram. She was like, "I'm sick of everything being all peaches and cream and positive, happy things." She goes, "I'm gonna post." Yeah. Uh, some like negative pictures so she'll if she's in a bad mood there's a shot of her frowning or if she's crying over something there's a shot of her crying and it's really like eye-opening and it's it's like enlightening almost it's like you know what yeah the world isn't a perfect instagram selfie it's real real shit happens and we can't ignore that these are things that we have to work through you can't just keep mm-hmm. pushing it down inside. That's when you get into like Absolutely. regression and that's when you start to get triggered. And when people start to get triggered uh-huh. over things, a trigger is there for a reason. It's to like, hey, hey, wake up. Look what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's there again. Yeah. Deal with it. Deal with it now. And a lot of people just go, no, I'm triggered. And they shut down and they walk away. Not really yeah, the most healthy sure. way to deal with issues. I know there's some like really traumatic things that have happened to people where they're like, break down into like a ball of anxiety and curl up on the sidewalk and start Uh crying but in everyday life i mean you can't like oh a white cat ran by and i'm triggered i can't go down that street now (laughs) like really (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, for sure i mean i know there's extremes but then there's like everyone else uh absolutely and i guess that comes you know like, like uh for me like i've had quite a few which is not a positive thing but i've had quite a few deaths in, in the recent years in my close family and in my close uh, network of friends. And I find that, um, you know, like even trying to bring up those things with other people, I, people will say, oh, let's not talk about that. It's not positive or whatever, but it's real, you know, and you have to talk about these things and these yeah. people existed and you still have to somehow have the conversation go. You, you got to keep the conversation going. Like, but some people are just so conditioned to only speak about you know news politics weather whatever and then try and keep everything positive unless it's gossip but try and keep the most things positive and it's like that's not real either you know you have to talk about these things and yeah i mean yeah we have the same network of friends so i have an idea yeah some of who you're talking about yeah and yeah yeah and i mean i've gotten i've gotten a lot of heat because after my grandparents died, I quit. I've been mm-hmm. a girl I dated for like five years had a whole shitload of deaths in her family and in okay. her friend circle. So yeah. I had been to like fourteen yeah. funerals in the in like a span of five years, and then wow. my all like all four grandparents dying on top of that. You know, that's like eighteen yeah. funerals. And I mean, after a, a while, I was like, unless it's my brother or my dad or my mom, I'm not going. Or my sister i'm not mm-hmm. going to any more funerals i'm not doing this i'm yeah. this isn't my way of grieving anyways and i know how cool and lighthearted my friends were they wouldn't want everyone standing around crying they would want us like celebrating yeah. their life instead of uh sobbing over the loss of it and so i got yeah. a lot of slack and a lot of heat from everyone for not going to any funerals but why though like, it's like I, you know if people would just focus on their own shit like their own grief their own way of dealing with it and allowing you to deal with it the way you want to deal with it everybody's cool right. why do we have to say well you should be doing we shouldn't be telling people how to grieve and we shouldn't be telling people how to do anything you know no. especially like i've had friends that have passed away that i couldn't make it i've had friends that have gotten married that i couldn't make it yeah. and it's not because it was happy or sad it's just sometimes you just can't go and then you have to put your mental health 
above everyone else's, you know, and if something's going to really upset you or you don't feel prepared or you just don't want to go, that's okay. And I, I really feel that we need to get to that point where we're not putting so much focus on like who didn't come, who didn't go, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did lose, oh God, I don't even want to count the, the amount of friends you and I've lost um, in common. And I thought that those things, that those people, that I would never get over them, but I'm not saying that I ever did, but you learn how to cope and you learn how to, to move forward. Um, but last year, I lost my dad and um, that was terrible, you know, and it's probably something that should have broken me more than anything that I've ever experienced because my dad had a mental illness and he committed suicide right. and I'm very open about it because I think that we need to change the narrative and be open about it. Um, but I've never felt so uh, at peace. Like I feel like I miss him every goddamn day, but I also like, I don't know, it's just a different way of grieving. And I think it's when you lose your parent, like there's nothing like it. Like a, a parent or a sibling or a child, I think it would be just yeah the worst thing ever. But I really feel that like since my dad's passed away, like if it makes sense, my life's only improved, not for him not being here, but for my choices because my mindset's really changed. Right. My outlook on everything's really changed you, and my you kind approach of, to everything's really changed. You kind of realize how finite this life is. Yeah. That's what I gather I from mean, it. And, uh, I really believe that. And uh, I think that losing him because, again, because it was suicide, he didn't have cancer. You don't get to say, okay, well, my dad died from cancer. And then it's something that you talk about and people understand. And, okay, well, my uncle. Everyone always has a story about that. Yeah. But when you meet someone or discuss with someone the way your dad passed away, they're <gasps> You know, they don't want to talk about it. And it's like, well, it's me that had the loss. And this is my profession. That's my line of work. I, I, I work at frontline mental health, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that everything happens for a reason. And maybe I was supposed to go this route with my education and my line of work. So maybe I'll have a better handle on it. I don't know. But um, I don't know. It just, it's a real eye-opener. And you know the expression like YOLO? I never really thought that there was much to that. But it's really true. Like you really only do live once mm -hmm. and I'm not a religious person. So I'm not spending my whole life waiting to get to heaven. I'm living this life. Right. And, uh, I've made a lot of major, major decisions and changes since he's passed away, but they've all been the best possible ones possible. Like, right. It's opened me up. It's like, it's an, it was enlightening for sure. So like, uh, for me, anyways, to try and relate to what you're saying, was that, like, yeah. experiencing all these funerals, all these deaths, mm -hmm. it's when yeah. I realized, you know, it's like, wow, you know, this happens. This is a real thing. Yeah. It ends. It's over. Yeah. It's a cycle. Like, you're here and you're gone. And your body, whatever, melts back into the ground. Whether you have a soul or not, nobody knows. No one will ever know until we're gone, right. too. Yeah. So it's all just hearsay and speculation about what's going to happen next. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that also has like maybe added to the reason why I didn't go to a bunch of funerals after because I just kind of felt like, yeah, well, you know what? I have my mind fully wrapped around what death is uh, and I kind of understand it now. And I don't 
feel that like pain and sorrow and like sadness i mean a little bit is there but it's not like this crippling like oh how can i continue with my life like yeah it's not like that for sure to that level yeah i get that and uh i guess that's uh what i've taken away from the whole thing and geez luckily both my parents are still here and geez i think about them all the time because i'm out west and they're back east and they're so far Mm -hmm. away that if anything ever happened in their old age now that i feel kind of like helpless to get back and, and do anything about it but luckily i have a brother and a sister who hopefully will you know step in and yeah before i can get back and and help out uh geez it is like uh you are very lucky that you have your both parents i mean like most people our age don't it's one or the other or neither you know i mean that's just a part of without saying my age that's just a part of us (laughs) aging and getting older and you know moving on to the 40s but a lot of people don't have that and I can tell you like I was always 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 close with my mom but the relationship we have now is just so much stronger because I realize how fragile these relationships can be I mean they could be over tomorrow like anything could happen right so it's just like I hear some of our friends that are always in an argument with their parents or they're always pissed off if their parents did this or didn't understand that it's like grow up (laughs) appreciate them for who they are you're never your parents will never be exactly who you want them to be (laughs) you're never you're never going to change them you're never going to change them that's for sure and why (laughs) would you want to like if they've been doing it and i and i as i get older i realize shit i should have been everything my mom said it was all right it was totally true. Yeah. All these things that she told me about life, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, but we just want to be stubborn and make our own way and whatever. And, and I don't know. I just think that when you're at, at the, the age that we're at, I mean, if you're fighting with your parents, it, it speaks volumes to you too, you know? It's just like you need to get over that shit because yeah. tomorrow you get a really shitty phone call. Yeah. You just yeah. don't know. No. Uh, yeah. It's funny, the knowledge thing that you mentioned, they're like, there's people learn differently. Some people learn verbally, some people learn visually, and yeah. some people learn experientially. Yeah. I'm an experiencer. Yeah. My everyone can tell me, don't put my hand on that stove all they want. I'm gonna put my hand on the stove. <laughs> and I yeah, need to, I need to feel true. that heat and learn the pain to not do it again. Uh, mm-hmm. there's only so much you can be told by someone, or there's only so much you can of read course. in a book before it's like, okay, yeah. what's this all about? Especially when you look at like uh the party culture and drug culture and shit like that and how much brainwashing yes. has happened in, in the world through the media telling you that oh this like uh, mdma oh it's a date rape drug and it turns you gay and it's like that's all i had ever heard about it my whole life growing up yeah. and then i remember yeah. like trying it for the first time and going like oh my god i can't believe that I believed all their bullshit about this thing. <laughs> this is awesome. I want this every day. Everything's so bright and glowy and I feel great. And I remember I I fucking called my mom. And this is when I was at like a younger age when I would never call my yeah. mom just to call and chat and shoot the shit. And I called her and we talked yeah. for like two hours on the phone until my, my phone battery died. Wow. And she's just like, she had no clue. No, no idea. She's like, oh, this is weird. You're calling me. <laughs> it's the love drug, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, looking back, In like, that's, pure a, sense, yeah. that's the funniest thing. Like, oh, you're high on MDMA. Of course, give your mom a call. What a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just 
don't let her see your jaw going and your pupils the size of no the uh, loonies. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe in aliens? Have you ever seen, heard, felt a presence, so to speak? Well, I don't know if I believe necessarily in aliens in the form that we saw them on, like, when you say aliens, first thing I think of is that little green Martian dude on the Flintstones. (laughs) Um, I don't know about that, but um, I don't really know. Like, I mean, I don't really think that it's possible that there's not other life so th- like life forms out there so yes and no have i ever seen it no um but i do know people that i hold in really high regard that have said they've seen them so i mean it's like i don't know i think for those things i'd really i wouldn't say it's not possible but i i just haven't seen it myself right. The, I saw a flying UFO in Halifax near the Air Force Base, which I equate to just being some government testing thing that I saw because it was being escorted by two Army helicopters. And it was a cloudy evening, uh-huh. and the clouds parted for just a second, and I heard the helicopters coming, so I would always look for them. And then they came out of the clouds, and there was this oval-shaped disc, black as night, and it was just hovering, and it came out, and it was escorted, and the three were flying in like perfect unison, and then it went back into the clouds, and then it was gone. And wow, this is where I would go at night to smoke my joint after dinner. And so I was out on the front step smoking my joint. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and every exactly like everybody knew that that's what I did after dinner, and everybody knew that I was out there doing that. And so it all turns back like, oh yeah, you were stoned, and you saw a UFO. I'm like, man. I know we've all smoked some weed before, and no one has ever seen something. Like, you you don't see things from smoking weed. You don't see leprechauns walking into the room. You don't see elves and shit like that. Like, you don't make up yeah. things. Especially like that. It's such a weird thing that happened. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that I that seems to me like way more like human-made kind of thing. But my idea of aliens, and a lot of people don't even want to think about this. Everyone wants to think of an alien as like a creature that if it ever came here, that we could kill it. But to me, I kind of think that if an alien ever came here, it's not even going to have a body. It's going to be like some kind of non-physical entity that's going to be able to maybe like influence us in some way or enter into maybe a person or enter into an animal or something to be able to like, whatever, do whatever they're here to do. And uh, a lot of people just don't want to even think about that kind of shit because you can't kill them. Like, how do you kill a a spirit? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. Like I said, I haven't actually seen it, but I think you're like, I mean, I've never, I have no reason to doubt that you saw that. You're telling me that you did. So yeah. I know you and it's very possible that you did. Um, so I won't say I don't believe it, but I, I want like to see it. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, people wonder, okay, they're angels or they're all these things. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I just don't, I can't say yes. And I can't say no, because I just don't know. Like, it's just uh, one of those things that if you tell me the story, I'll listen to you, but I'm not going to say, I wouldn't think it was totally cool. If you would have recorded it, that would have been really cool to watch. (laughs) That would have been great to see. 
Um, and if it ever happens again, think of me. But um, <laughs> if I ever see a UFO, you will definitely be the second person I tell. I'm going to tell my daughter first, then I'll tell you. And yes. But apparently, uh, where I'm originally from, which is Jacket River, New Brunswick, um, which is like 30 minutes from here, Right. My cousin uh, filmed something and uh, took a, like a screenshot of the video or whatever, and it looks like a flying saucer. It really, really does. Was it? I don't know. I wasn't there, but he says it was. You yeah. know. Yeah. I've, it's hard to say. I've seen some right here from uh, from Victoria. Different weird mm-hmm. flying things. Like I've seen them seen them on YouTube, and apparently. Okay. There's people who investigate these films to see if they're fake or not. They can tell uh, just through different frame rates and through different things uh-huh. that are encoded in the back of the video. Even after they've been uploaded to YouTube, you can still find out this meta information. And apparently, okay. a lot of them are not fake. So they actually are like weird objects up in the sky. And I mean, somebody's, right. there's this one that, like, just looking at it, it baffles my mind because. You know, usually you see an object and you're like, oh, I know what that is. That's a flying saucer because it's a saucer shape. But these objects were just so geometrically weird and odd shaped that they don't look like anything Uh that you would ever think of as being any kind of vehicle or a ship or anything like that. So that's why it kind of strikes me as like being alien and foreign to even the concept Uh of what we think is alien. Right. I was like, we've been huh. brainwashed by the media and movies and everything to think that aliens are a certain way. And then when you see something like truly well, alien. Whoo. I mean, if I would ask my daughter or anyone in her age, what does an alien look like? Like, I can hear this, the sound, the song for the Men in Black playing in my head right now. Like, <laughs> that's what people are led to believe these aliens look like, you know? Yeah. and how the hell do i know i mean i don't have a clue but i mean as far as like the actual you know the the saucer or whatever i mean i think that would be really cool and you're saying that you saw this coming out of halifax and i think i remember one time well well, the dartmouth forget uh, the air force base uh, and where the air force base on the dartmouth side okay because i do recall once being at the pavilion and thinking I saw something in the sky, but I don't think it was the same thing you saw. <laughs> Good old pavilion I'll just shows. leave that there. Good old pavilion. I think that that place is still running out of all the places. You can still go to a really good punk show at the pavilion. Really? Yeah. I have no idea. I haven't been to Halifax in, wow, since before my daughter's born. So oh. uh, she's going to be 12, probably 14. Uh... Actually, right before she, like, the summer before I got pregnant, I had been in Ireland for six months, and I flew into Halifax and stayed there for a week or two with Rob Cotterell. So I guess I was there, like, you know, 13 years ago or something. I didn't see any aliens when I was there. Sorry, I didn't. Cool. (laughs) But I did see some old friends that I haven't seen since, but it was, like, uh, all of our mutual friends, like from the Goodfellas days and those yeah. types of days, um, we all went out boogieing. So that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> but again, no aliens there. <laughs> cool. Uh, can I get you to hold for just a quick sec? Yeah, sure. Okay. He was kind of a surprise, but um, my residents really wanted an animal. Yeah. And all, although they all have goldfish which is their thing, you know, they, I mean, that's the easiest thing to have in a private room. But um, I said, okay, a dog is just way too much work. 
So I got them a kitten. Oh. Yeah. Oh, what's his or her name? His name is Charlie. Charlie. Like Charlie. Charlie Harvey. I was going to say like <laughs> Charlie Sheen. <laughs> well, Charlie Sheen Harvey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend, uh, she said to me the other day, she messaged me. She's like, please tell me that his middle name is Sheen. So yeah, between her and I and now you, his middle name is Sheen. <laughs> yes. All right. I bought, I bought back when Charlie was erupting there with his like weird YouTube videos a few years ago. I think yeah. it was like 2012. I bought a Charlie Sheen mask for Halloween and I had, As if. I had like his weird floral shirt that he would wear with the shorts, the cargo yeah. shorts from like right. two and a half men or whatever. And yeah, okay. that was hilarious. That and, show was hilarious. And oh. so was his, whatever he was going through. I'm sorry, but I know it was like himself, like, you know, kind of self-destructing there, but it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was funny. And I mean, it was uh, an awakening period for uh, a lot of artists and actors in Hollywood. So. Yeah. When he stood up to uh, his boss and his yep. boss was the same guy that does uh, all the shows, the two and a half men, Lorne, Lorne Michaels or Lorne, geez, what's his name? Okay. Anyways, he does, if you look up, whenever you're watching a show at the end of the show, pretty much every show on TV is produced by this okay. guy. And it's all yeah. done at this one, like Universal Studios, I believe. And, jeez, uh, he was the first one to ever say, like, you know what? Screw you. I quit. I have more money than I'll ever need the rest of my life. I don't need any of this. Bye. And then what he did, because, of, and then, so... Yeah, here's what happened. He was trying to be... So Two and a Half Men was written about him and his own real personal life. So he's a crazy, rich guy, has lots of sex with lots of women. He does whatever he wants. Uh-huh. He comes and goes as he pleases. And and then, you know, throw a brother and a kid into the mix. And, oh, everything's upside uh-huh. down in my life. Uh, but uh, what happened was... He started making those weird YouTube videos where he was like high as fuck and he was saying all kinds of weird shit that the company, Uh the company didn't like it. And they're like, you can't reflect. You're a reflection of our company. You can't be that guy. Uh He goes, I am that guy. And the show is written about that guy. How can I stop being that guy? And that's when they were like, look, you're going to stop or you're fired. And he goes, no, I quit. And they were like, you can't quit. eh? You can't quit because of your contracts and everything. He goes, I don't care. I'll pay the the fee. I'll pay the lawyer fee. I'll pay for everything. They had been paying him like so many millions per episode. It's like, what did you expect was going to happen? Yeah, Yeah, that that was a pretty good show back in the day. It really was. Once uh, they switched to um, Ashton Kutcher, and it's not that I don't like him. I think he's amazing. I watched his new show, The Ranch. I, I do like him. But it just changed the entire dynamics of the show, and I just completely stopped watching it. Yeah, I mean, I watched it till the end, probably. It didn't last too much longer. Oh, after, did you? After he got in there. They, they yeah, I don't know how, if it was one or two seasons after, I don't recall, but... There wasn't much room to go. There wasn't anywhere to go with it after that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. the fact that they killed Charlie, like, they killed him. Like, there's no possible yeah. return. Uh, that kind of put a damper on everything, and... It's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. at least if the hope was there that he might randomly show up again, him and the, the producer makes friends or whatever. He pays him enough yeah. money to come back for a cameo or something like that would have been cool. Uh-huh. But I think that kind of like, yeah, you know, put a damper on the whole thing. 
and just sure. kind of like uh, letting the air out of a balloon, and it just it flies around the room for a minute, but eventually it's going to crash and hit the floor. <laughs> That's when Charlie left. The balloon was let go, and Ashton was that balloon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh my. So, uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer on here. We've gotten into some pretty cool, okay. in-depth things here. Um, cool. How do you feel about, I'd like one more question here. How do you sure. feel about something that is being called the existential dread? And by existential dread, it's kind of this feeling, this innate feeling that a lot of people have in the back of their mind, in their psyche, in their soul, in their feeling that something ain't right. You know, we're in this universe, we're playing these games, these roles these society games, but something ain't right. Something mm -hmm. feels like wrong or out of place. And a lot of people are feeling that. And a lot of people are trying to work to uncover what it really is and why it's happening. And it all seems to come back to things like society issues. People have grown cities too big. We should be in smaller tribes, smaller like villages and, and towns. Mm -hmm. uh, getting too big to even like be able to handle our own existence is kind of what I guess it's coming down to. What are your thoughts? I think for me, like my thoughts, it's like an, on an even smaller scale because uh, as far as what everybody else is doing, I can't control any of that. As far as what society is doing, I can't control any of that. Mm -hmm. What I try and focus on is my own happiness. Honestly, like, like I said about, you know, losing my dad, it was like such an enlightening period of time for me. And I'm still going through it because it's just a little bit over a year. But probably before that, if you would have asked me that question, I probably would have been a little bit more frazzled and a little bit more concerned about the world and everything going on around me. Mm. But more so now, I really just try and focus on my inner circle of my selected few wonderful friends, family, my new awesome boyfriend, and like just keeping things small, smaller scale, and just trying to do, uh, not to say, I don't wanna sound cheesy and say do good, but just try and be the best version of me that I can be and like teach yeah. my daughter my version of right from wrong and go from there. But as far as everything around me, um, I'm letting that shit go because I can't control it. So I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but yeah, that's just yeah. the way I'm living. Definitely, pretty much. Um, yeah. I mean, I've lived everywhere. I've lived so like I've been in LA where there's like a million people just in our five block radius kind of thing. But then yeah. I've lived down yeah. in Shediac where the population hasn't gone past six thousand people yet. And, oh, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, there's pros and cons to both of them supply and demand in the big city was yeah. awesome i mean we had yeah. certified organic vegetables you could buy for 99 cents at the dollar store and the dollar store yeah. was in the same building as whole foods so you could go into whole foods and pay the five dollars for a piece of broccoli or you could pay the dollar for the piece of broccoli right next door and mm -hmm. it was kind of funny yeah. because the people who shopped at whole foods wouldn't be caught dead walking into that 99 cent store not in yeah, a million years. Yeah, They're just exactly. like, oh, I'm so much better than that. I'll pay the five dollars for the mm -hmm. exact same broccoli from just down the, you know, just downstate. Um, and then being yeah. in like small towns like Shediac and other small towns, Aniganish, um, you really get to know people like really well. You know all your neighbors, yeah. and then it becomes yeah. this like, uh, 
there's friendships, but then there's also that like yep. the devil I know kind of concept. Yeah. Where it's absolutely. like, you know, you there's this there's the bad guy, the villain, uh, very two dimensional mm-hmm. kind of characters too. For some reason, I've noticed these people don't tend to grow and expand any. They just stay this like one kind of train of thought. This is who I am, and this is how I am. That's how I'll always be. Yeah. But they're a villain. Mm-hmm. At least you can work around that, you know? You're like, I know if I say these words to the villain, I know exactly how the villain's going to respond to those words. There's no weird wild yeah. cards going off all over, all around you. Uh, mm-hmm. The vi- less violence, I find. Yeah. More, more sense of a co- sense of community. But yeah, I mean, a sense of community is like everything for me. And that comes down to a low population too, because you can't step on too many toes. Oh, yeah. You can't burn too many bridges before you, you don't have any friends left and you've been alienated. That's and, right. And you got to leave and go yeah. to another town. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, bathers were, oh, were I'm going to say somewhere around 10,000 people. Um, and right now the big thing is like microbreweries, craft beers, uh, all of these like local support your support your hometown type of things that are happening yeah and to me like i saw this um on instagram today and it was a post and it said local is the new black i love that like because for me like i think that what's around you i mean of course there's greater issues all over the world but getting back to this whole small town like situation for me like i just i don't know it's like i think community and supporting local and all those things are just they're huge because yeah you could go move to toronto or a great big city or something i i would never personally want to do that because i couldn't live that far from my mom but um i don't know there's just something so amazing about being in a small town and supporting it mm-hmm. and i'm a business owner in a small town so if i don't support local i'm not being you know what i mean like it kind of goes full circle there but uh oh yeah yeah, like, I mean, I love Shediac. I, I think it's so cool that you... Is that where your parents still live, or were they there vacationing? I can't remember. My mom lives there. My whole yeah. mom's side of her family is all down there. And they were, like, in Pointe oh, cool. du So they were, like, the English... Well, yeah. The, the one English family in, in Pointe du who doesn't okay. even speak any French. I'm, like, the only one yeah. in my whole family. And, I mean, I have, like, nine... Aunt, there were nine aunts and uncles... Some of them have died already, so you can imagine how many cousins mm-hmm. I have, and I'm the only one who yes. speaks any French at all. So it's kind of like weird. Crazy, isn't that crazy? Oh, like yeah. it's it's wild. Uh, yeah. I know in my family, neither of my parents spoke French, and neither do my aunts or uncles, whatever. But all of my generation, um, the nieces and nephews, the grandkids, we all do speak French because, like my sister and I, we moved to Moncton, and you need to speak French if you want to work exactly pretty much you know like and uh yeah anyways it's kind of it's kind of funny like i don't even know how i got through french immersion in junior high or high school because i had no help at home they could listen to me do a speech and be like oh that's so great but they don't know what the heck i'm saying right (laughs) but uh somehow i got through it all and um but so funny like because i know i remember like dropping you off I think at Point of Shane somewhere maybe to, I thought it was a cottage I can't remember it's so long ago but I worked in at Captain Dan's for five or six summers so my French is completely jaded with Shiok so when you come to Bathurst <laughs> it's not the same French no it's not so I'll say things and they're looking at me like what and I'm like you know and just repeat myself but it, it's not their dialect at all but that's okay at least I'm trying right yep 
Hey, I worked at yeah. uh, I worked at the Bayou for a long time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I definitely. That's what really like the. You were shiacking it up. I was shiacking it up. <laughs> that's that's all you could do. But then, but then, then in the summer, the tourists would show up, and the tourists and had was, yeah they had been marketing. So like New Brunswick would market to Quebec and say, "Hey, Quebecers." Y'all want to keep speaking French and want to go on vacation to a beautiful beach and everyone's still going to be French. You don't got to step out of your French bubble. Come to Shediac. So these Quebecers will come. But the thing about Quebec is that each town has their own dialect, their own accent, their own own name for everything from like... New Brunswick as well. I mean, I think most places are like that because we're uh, surrounded here in Bathurst by the Acadian Peninsula, which is, their French is just beautiful. I mean, it's just more articulate than the Chihuahua, but it's just, like I say, like they'll say things, I don't know what they're saying, No. but it's just different. Like you're saying dialect and lingo, like it, it changes from place to place and family to family. Like if I go to Jacket River for any length of time, I'm coming back with an accent, like, and it's just because you're with your relatives and you get going, you know, and, and it happens like that. And uh, when some some of the people come over from Quebec, I mean, I know I struggled a lot um, working at Captain Dan's, but then, you know, you just make a joke about it and it, it yeah. always goes over well, as yeah. long as you're trying, right? The funniest thing for me the, was uh, uh, the just putting a little bit of a <laughs> because I would be like, ah. And they're like, Monsieur, I came here. You have to speak French to me. And I was like, oh. And then I clued in. You're from Quebec. And you add a little. And they're like, ah, très bien. And they would clap and they would laugh. And then I would get like such a big tip for doing that. Whereas like some of the other waiters and waitresses, they wouldn't do something like that. They would just kind of snarl their eyes up and walk away. And I'm like. Man, you got to make them laugh. You got to like give them a little something, and, something. And don't take it so personal, right? These okay. guys are on vacation. They're probably half in the bag. Exactly. And you know, you're when you work in that type of an industry, you have to be the nice one. You're trying to get tips. Yeah. So if they want you to before, do it. Yeah. You know, do it all the time. <laughs> I think what got me my best tips, I have to say, was when um, Sue Taylor and I would be well known for our salt and pepper remixes on the stage so what we would what i would do is i'd always put our names down for a song and i'd let's say it was wing night or whatever it was you know and i'd be at the table just about to take an order and then they'd call us up to sing and i'm like i tell the, the table i'll be right back just a second they don't know where i'm going and then i'm up on the stage doing these crazy songs my tips were through the roof so maybe 90s hip-hop is the answer you know yeah. I always personally think it's the answer to everything. But yeah, those got me some great tips. <laughs> no. I love that my daughter knows all the words to Ice Ice Baby, and I still follow that man on all social media. He is a king. And uh... Oh, uh, Rob Van Winkle? Vanilla Ice! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man, where's your mother? Like, I mean, I just love that guy. And it's always my jam. I'll never get over it. I'll never be too old for it. And it's actually, I don't know if you heard about the 90s tour that they were doing across the province, and they did it in the States as well, but it's I Love the 90s. So it's like Tone Loke, Kid and Play, Salt and Peppa. No. All these other various artists that were just one-hit wonders after that, and then Vanilla Ice. No so way. I'm losing my shit, and I was going. So 
Come to find out when I called to, to place the order, the only one on the docket not coming mm. was Mr. Ice. Oh. I didn't go. Oh. But I think that there, there had to have been a reason. I'm not sure what it was, but they also have these um, 90s cruises where you can go for a week straight yeah. and that's the entertainment the whole time there are these artists wow. and i'm saving up for that right now <laughs> that's awesome man i i don't know my love for hip-hop also comes from like the golden era as they call it which was like yeah. the early 90s it kind of stops at like 95 that's about the end of it but okay. like that yes, time yes yeah yeah I mean, when Will Smith did Jiggy with it, that was the crash and fall of it all. That's when it just started to crumble. <laughs> I kind of stopped listening after but it that point. It was a crowd pleaser. It was a crowd. You know, people liked it. Hey, I danced I to it. I think what was so cool, I definitely danced <laughs> to it. I probably did last week. But the point is, is that because it was Will Smith and everybody knows him from Fresh Prince, mm-hmm. it gets the older people out of the dance floor too. So, you mm-hmm. know, got to take a little goob at the bad. Yep. But uh, yep. I won't lie. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I went through a couple of days straight of Ja Rule and Ashanti. I don't know what was going on in my life exactly, <laughs> but they got me through it. Oh, it was my. some good music, and it reminded me of some old times. And yep. you know, uh, there's, there's a... something so amazing about putting on an album and knowing all the words, and it just like a floodgate of memories. I love that. There's this really good YouTube mix, and it's like two hours of just the best '90s hip hop ever. And like oh, yeah. weird, obscure shit I've never heard from bands that I recognized. And then, you know, all the popular yeah. shit too. But it wasn't too popular. Yeah. It wasn't like the mainstream, like like you said, like Ja Rule kind of stuff. It was like the like the classic yeah. early, early stuff. Um, and uh-huh. it, it was really good. I mean, I can share that with you later if I could find it again. I'm sure uh, please it, do. Yeah. I just I did a search it. for Golden Era. I love the era. 90s. Like I could be a spokesperson for that era. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> I just can't help it. And I really love um, the band, the group. I think it's Clean Bandit. They do like a lot of remixes, and they have a lot of. They're kind of like a house group, but they've got all these different things. Anyways, they've remixed a few '90s songs, and nothing can beat the original. Like if you think back to like Rhythm as a Dancer and all these amazing like Euro Club tracks that we heard when we were you know at teen dances or whatever. Yeah. But they've done some really good remixes, and I truly enjoy that yeah i love enjoy i love that because if i hear my daughter listening to her spotify mix and it's like a remix of what i used to lose my shit over i just it's so cool like you know how music goes full circle like that yeah yeah for sure and i mean Mm -hmm. i used to like kind of being like a music snob which I've totally let go. Like mm-hmm. I said, I listen to Katy Perry now. Good for you. You gotta let that shit go. <laughs> you do, man. Good. You can't be all about about <laughs> it, about it all the time. But yeah, I used to like get really pissed off when I would hear like an old beat from one of my favorite artists yeah. remixed into some bullshit today, and kids are like, yeah. "Yo, listen to this new jam. Shit is lit, fam." And I'm like, "I'm like, no, that's not new. <laughs> yeah, it is. It just came out yesterday." And I'm like, "Yeah, but they took the beat from <laughs> Cypress Hill from." 1994 and then cypress hill took the beat from the beatles and beatles sampled and then just keeps going back beatles sampled Bach, exactly. Beethoven, and uh-huh. it, it never ends but i mean it knowing, never ends knowing all that information and that's how you keep those songs alive right but knowing all that information hasn't helped me out in life one lick a bit no <laughs> no well no it's kind of like you know what is just, the point just yeah. take it enjoy it or don't enjoy it that's it you know exactly 
yeah. I think that's kind of um, a, a good exactly. That's probably a good uh, theme for the whole the whole show here. It's like if you like it, like it. If you don't like it, don't. If like you it. don't, <laughs> let that shit go. Let it go. Yeah. Well, Melissa, it's been great speaking with you. Great catching up. You too. Yeah. It's been a blast. So uh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. It's great. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to find a time that worked, and uh, yeah, it was nice. I haven't heard your voice. Like, I mean, I've obviously seen your updates and everything on Facebook, but it's not <laughs> so personal. So this was a little bit more personal, and I feel like we had a really good visit. It was awesome. I would definitely be yeah. open to doing something like this again in the future. Sounds good. Cool. Uh, so I'm going to end it there, folks. It's been a blast. Okay. Peace, love, and light. Namaste and all that other good noise. And we out. Goodbye. Okay, folks, that was Melissa Harvey with an awesome conversation. You know, it's so cool to catch up with your friends like this in these candid conversations and sharing our knowledge with the world, all the stuff that's happened to us. This was truly one of my all-time favorite episodes I've ever recorded. And Melissa will definitely be back on the show again in the future. So we're going to end today off with a little show tune. And this is a track by DJ and producer Ill Havoc. And it's called They Wanna.
Yeah.